What happens when a preacher and a science teacher discuss today's world from a biblical perspective? You're about to find out. This is Beaker and Pulpit Podcast. Well, hello, Carrie. <laughs> well, hello, Christoph. Nice haircut. <laughs> oh, thanks. Man, I need a haircut bad. That's why I'm wearing a hat. But I cut my own hair. Oh, okay. And, you know. By the time in the evening where I'm like, oh, I could, I could cut my hair. I'm too tired. Yeah. So it just grows and grows, and then once I start looking a little homeless, yeah. then, well, I, then the I suck wife, it up. The wife had told me, hey, your beard is getting too long. You need to trim it. I mean, well, man, I'm going to have to trim my beard. I might as well get a haircut. I mean, yeah. you hate to have just longer hair and a trim beard, right? It just then You can do the haircut but keep the beard going. Yeah. Right, that's, but, the, that's the trend these days. Yeah, but so I thought, well, give me a haircut finally. All right. It's my second one since uh, July. Two haircuts since July. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think You're so. just saving money. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's been a couple weeks since we last got together. I know. And that's my fault, right? So I had some crazy work stuff and then some crazy car stuff that I had to deal with. So here we are back together. We left off last time. Um Kind of ending the discussion with Noah's Ark. You said that you'd kind of done some follow up research and yeah, and wanted to share a little bit with uh, with us on that. So why don't you jump right into it? Well, you know it's kind of interesting because we we are presenting the um, biblical worldview. Um, this is the viewpoint that we as Christians should take. You know, it's God's view of things through His Scripture. And it's amazing the number of Christians who have bought into this idea that evolution is over, you know, thousands, millions, almost, you know, billions of years or whatever, you know. And they bought into that. And Noah's Ark just blows that stuff up. Okay, well, so explain to me as if I'm unfamiliar, or maybe even, you know, I kind of know that there's a story about a flood. Most world religions have, have some story about a flood, mm-hmm. um, but let's say I'm unfamiliar with that narrative, um, or I've heard that narrative and I go, look, you know, God flooded the world and one family survived, mm-hmm. and with them, all of the animals that we see today can't be true. So you're telling me that blows apart evolutionary theory, and I'm saying, man, that sounds like science fiction all by itself. So how do you bridge that gap? <laughs> well, it is, it is mainly because the... now, I, And I hadn't thought about this so much, but during this time when the, when they, when the Scriptures say the fountains of the deep opened up, that is, the mountains hadn't been uh, created yet. Okay. Let that one sink in a little bit. Whoa, hold it. No. I mean, the, what, the Himalayas weren't created yet? No. How do you know that? Well, we know that because of um, we've taken uh, soil samples, mm-hmm. and number one, as high up as they can get into the Himalayans and dig into the soil because it's pretty frozen right. up there. Yeah. So what they can get, and then they still find sea life up there, hmm. 
but they also find layers of um, when they when they're because they they're following the layers. That's what's determining the the age of the Earth. Okay, when you see this kind of sediment at this layer, this re- represents a certain age. Mm-hmm. Then the layer on top is, and so it keeps getting younger, younger, younger as you go up because the oldest is on the bottom. But what they found is that's pretty young rock. And it's because that plate during this time smashed into Southeast Asia and that just uprooted all of the, the, those mountains up and it hit it with such force, all right, during this time. So you're having, uh, you're having um, the fountains of the deep up. You know, it, they're just uh, exploding here. Mm-hmm. But it took a long time. You have to understand, you know, I'm trying to set this groundwork. So when Noah gets in there, into the ark, it's seven days before it starts raining. Mm-hmm. They've never experienced rain before. Right. So while he's in there, they were still sitting on land for um, almost uh, two weeks. Okay. Before it was enough water. To lift the boat. And then... So uh, and then so you're having all these other um, activities, plate activities taking place, mm-hmm. and that's what created the Himalayas during that time, and a lot of our other mountain systems were being created at this time, because plates were moving, and 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 even the, they'll say like the Rocky Mountains, there's a little hump there in the plate, so it's hard for the Rocky Mountains to get over that, and that's why it created them right and so that's one of the theories there because of the evidence they have so with that you can start seeing hey these plates are moving and there's moving with such force because that water is gushing out so it's just it's a serious force that's pushing them you got to understand running water is some of the greatest force and pressure Mm -hmm. that we have on this entire earth right so uh with that exploding up out of the ground it's forcing these plates apart, and all of these activities are happening. So these mountain buildings are taking place. So they were flooded. Then this mountain building is taking place here. Mm. And, and, and so we have all of this. So that's what blows a lot of it out of the water. And, and here's the other uh, effect here is all the dinosaurs and all of those, they just laid down and died because they, they drowned. Mm-hmm. Okay, there were, and so you can say, well, I thought all of the animals of the earth. No, just the animals that God selected came onto the ark. Now you can say, well, why did God select the, the dinosaurs to be extinct? I don't know. Right. When I get to heaven, I'll ask them. When you get to heaven, you can ask them. Whys and wherefores of what God does, a lot of times, he doesn't reveal himself in that. Mm-hmm. And... And so while the, the Bible is specific on certain things, on a lot of things, it's not. It, it leaves the narrative open mm-hmm. because God doesn't want us to know about that yet. Okay. Okay. He leaves a lot of stuff up. And, and if we want it, we have to seek him. And through his Holy Spirit, will will reveal some things to us. And that's what he's revealing to us now, all these events that are happening during the flood. So with the tectonic plate shift due to the, um, the water springing forth, mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> you identified that we can uh, see fossilized remains and soil samples from pretty high elevations that kind of don't make sense, right? So Correct. If you're talking, t- you know, 10,000 feet or even greater than that, um, where you're finding you know, fossilized sea creatures, obviously that at some point that had to be underwater. Yes. Um, so, so that's kind of uh, the geology that that supports, uh, at the very least, that the mountaintops were underwater at some point. Yes. Um, but what about the biology? You know, is there something biological uh, from this same time period in biblical history um, that? gives us some evidence that, you know, emboldens our faith? Well, this is also a time um, for all the climate change people. They'll love this. Our whole climate changed right. during this time. Yeah. Okay? It was, think of, uh, of life being 70 degrees year-round, never raining, only at night with an, with a, with an ooze sort of, of water coming up to water the grasses and the trees mm-hmm. at night and then go back down. And so they never experienced rain. They never experienced drought. They never experienced any of these things. So you were living in a perfect garden environment at this time. Okay. All right. So you had a lot of, well, forest regions. And what happened with these trees is with the forest it knocked them all down. Then they got buried by soil very quick. The force of water? Yes. Okay. The force of water came up, because remember, it exploded out, so there goes that pressure, it goes out, and I think I think we might have talked about Mount St. Helens. Right. We we see that, that, con- that confirms that, that, because that was ice that melted rapidly, became water, and that rushing down it, flattened all those trees. Right. We see the, the, the hydrologic power there. Mm-hmm. So this is what's happened on land. So all those trees get knocked down, all right? Now, with that force, we understand now we'll bring in a little, little bit of physics here. Mm-hmm. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right. So what happens is that force goes out, so it's forcing the water out. At some point, stops, and guess what it has to do? Reaction, now it comes back. Yeah. Now, with that coming back now, now that back and forth action, now we are, take the erosion of the soils off, and now we spread that out, and we bury the trees. Mm-hmm. And so now we, we wait till the, you know, once the waters start, stop going back and forth, now all that sediment and silt comes down, it buries everything, and under the pressure of water, which is, you know, anytime, you know, if, if you've ever been scuba diving, you know, 100 feet is that that little uh, mark. You know, hey, you can go down to 100 feet. Yeah, you don't need any. Have you been 100 feet below the ocean surface? I have not been to 100 yet. How, how deep have you gone? Well, I, I've been shallow, you know, 50 you no, know, thank you. I stay out of the ocean. <laughs> I don't like sharks. I, feel I don't like, like sharks either. I feel like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fishing lure to a shark, so I'll stay out of that party. But, but you've been 50 feet down. But that pressure just boom, pushes down. Right. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that pressure that you need. For fossilization. Exactly. Right. 
And that's taking all of those trees. Now, here's where we get our great deposits of of oil, mm-hmm. of diamonds, of mm-hmm. gas, all these things. And it, and that's the action. Because it takes that much pressure to form those, right? It does. Yeah. And that's how, with, with all that great pressure, that's how it could happen rapidly. Right. And through the different events that today, we could... We can make connections now. So tell us why that has to happen rapidly. Well, because of, of our time frame. Okay. When we're, we're saying that, oh, traditional scientists are saying, well, oh, no, that getting those, all those oil deposits, that had to take, you know, a million, millions of years to do. Right. Well, in order to say, okay, no, this happened, you know, a few thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. How could have that happened? This is the scenario that is the most relevant well, doesn't, to occur this. Doesn't fossilization have to happen rapidly anyway? Yeah, for the Otherwise most part. you don't have a fossil, right? Correct. Because wouldn't so fossilization and you can give us a better interpretation, but as I understand it, it's really the uh, replacement of organic matter mm-hmm. with sedimentary rock. Yes. Right? And then under pressure, it hardens mm-hmm. so that we can dig these things up archaeologically. Yes. Um, so if it doesn't happen rapidly, then decay. It decays, it and you don't apart. really have a structure to fossilize. Correct. Right. So fossilization has to happen rapidly. What are some of the scientific explanations that kind of replace the thought of you know, a worldwide flood and the ability to do it quickly that way. How else could it happen? Well. Because it can't that, take millions of years or you don't have fossils. Correct. Right. So, you know, to, to follow it the million years, even that wouldn't have necessarily happened rapidly. And that's why a lot of times they're going, well, you know, they're at this, this, stage, this stage of our earth layer. So it, that's why they, they rank it millions of years, but the only way, and, and the events that happened that we know of, this, the flood, answers those questions. I mean, no other way can you get that kind of hydrologic power, mm-hmm. and then with the water settling, washing back and forth, so you can, you level things out, and then it get the pressure with the water on top, mm-hmm. that will crystallize and fossilize anything rapidly. So and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but how much pressure is required in order to – yeah, this is maybe beyond your scope. Um, but I'm curious, you know, like at what level, of what depth do you experience the pressure you need to actually fossilize something? All right, it's got to be a significant depth, right? It is. We know that the deepest parts of the ocean are deeper than the height of the tallest mountains, like the Marianas Trench is yes. – you know, the depth is greater than the height of – uh, Mount yeah, Everest. It's, it's like, was it seven miles down there yeah, or something? It's crazy, yeah, right? Crazy. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but you've got to have a significant depth. Yes. Uh, maybe we can research this for next episode, but significant depth in order for fossilization to occur. So then you think about, you know, those fossilized sea creatures that are at 10,000 feet or plus elevation, mm-hmm. right? They had to experience that same depth in order to fossilize, mm-hmm. right? Because it can't happen over millions of years, it, it can't happen over hundreds of years. Right? Decay happens so quickly mm-hmm. that it's got to be pretty quick. And so for that to happen quickly, 
at that elevation, you're talking about a significant amount of water that covers something that's already, you know, 10,000 or more feet high. Well, well, if you're underwater, when that first hits, and now if you're, uh, let's say, 100 foot down, Mm -hmm. and you already have that pressure, and now you are moving because you're being moved. Right. All right. So that's added pressure. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of energy build up here. Sure. Okay. And then now that energy now is going to force you up through a let's say a hundred foot, even fifty foot of water. That pressure going up. Just think about you jumping off into the deep end. Mm-hmm. So which is what? 10, 10 15, 12 feet, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you're down there and now you try to force yourself up, push up really fast, right? Mm-hmm. Man, you can just feel the weight just holding you back. Right. It takes a lot of energy to get up there fast. Right. Well, just think that's what's happening. You're moving a plate, all this soil and rock, right. up through the water, forcing it upwards. Yeah. That takes in some serious pressure. Now, so you got resistance on top, force and energy from below pushing it up there. So now you get that extra pressure squeezing everything in there right. as it rises up. So what we have here, so as the plates move, some plates will sink, and that at the end, as the water's receding, now they start to come back up, mm-hmm. all right? Because now um, water's filling in, in a lot of the holes and crevices and everything else, so now we have plates, entire plates, coming back up mm-hmm. and rising up out of that too. So that also will increase the fossilization globally, worldwide. So do you... With the the tectonic plate shifts that are theorized to have occurred during the flood, mm-hmm. would you hold to, um, you know, a theory that the continents were all connected at one point, that there was this Pangea, and that the f- the experience of the flood is what you know not only the the tectonic shifts, but it actually is what pushed the continents away from each other. That's my opinion. Right. Yes. I believe that we were one, one global um, Pangea, if you will. Yep. One supercontinent, and I think um, God wanted to break it up. And so that would also help explain kind of the the fossilized creatures that you see in parts of the world where you would assume those creatures wouldn't exist. Exactly. Right, because they were part of this supercontinent yes. initially. Yes. And that it was the flood and the tectonic shift and the water springing forth mm-hmm. that spread those out, fossilized creatures, um, you know, that seem indigenous or should be indigenous to different climates existing, you know, in warmer climates, uh, but they're fossilized in what's colder climates now. And a couple of things that would, for me, supports this um, you have the Bering Sea, yep, and you got oil rigs up there. Mm-hmm. How in the world? Okay, we know how oil's created, right? Trees under pressure. Okay, they're carbon based. Now, h- how do trees get up there? Right. Well, if all of that was in one supercontinent, and before we had all the climate that we do today, because yep. we had basically one steady climate. Mm-hmm. So it was conducive for great growth of organisms, of plants. And then when that got shifted and moved, well, 
that could help explain, oh, yeah, this was on this plate, but now this whole plate went from this one location near the equator, let's say. Now it's sitting up north by the North Pole, right. but now you have this great oil reserve up there. Sure. How else would you have, you have got, ever gotten yeah, vegetation that? doesn't grow there now, right? Exactly. And, when, and that's that's talking about the, the biomes where you get the um, the tundra and the tiaga, and you've got the wooded forest, but they're below the frost line still of right. the, of the, the tiaga, so where you're not growing anything really up there. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're getting just these little moss grasses, and the caribou love that. But other than that, you're not getting a whole lot of wildlife up there and not a lot of everything else sure. because of that. You know, so so biologically, we can see if, man, you got oil deposits, you got gold deposits up there. Right. Oh, my goodness. Where did that, how did all that stuff get up there? You know, well, this this explains it. Through Noah's time, all of that, the, the upheaval from the fountains of the deep pushing these, these plates. Right. Oh, okay. So it adjusted our plates into position. Yeah. And so the idea is, again, you know, looking at things from a biblical perspective, right? So you mm-hmm. need to be familiar with Scripture, yes. right? Which means you need to be, you know, consistent in your study of that. Yes. Um, but then you also uh, see... Uh, that is the lens through which you see this other evidence. Correct. Um, and then, and then you can start to make sense of this evidence. So, aside from that lens, and and look, I, I grew up in the faith, and so I've had that lens for a long time through which I would view these things. But I can imagine that you know, the idea that you know through random chaotic events in the course of millions of years, you know, some of these things must look to not even necessarily a keen observer, but a casual observer, they, mm-hmm. there must be, you know, points that just don't make sense. Yes. Like, okay, look, I, I've learned this in school. I've heard it over and over again, right? The process of natural selection in millions of years, and mm-hmm. uh, the earth was much warmer, and that's why dinosaurs could survive. And there was a meteor that hit, and that's what extinction came <laughs> from, and so on and so forth. But you start to tie some of these ideas together, and you're like, but wait, that still doesn't add up. Or wait, there's still several holes yeah there's a lot of gaps there right there's that. lots of gaps and and time isn't a magic wand we said that on the last episode yeah. um that you know there has to be some um even though it it may be painted as a picture of chaos mm-hmm. we really see some significant order in all of it when we start to look through the lens of scripture we can say okay hey yeah you know these things make sense right uh oil deposits Right, fossil fuel deposits, mm-hmm. um, the location of of uh, sea sea life that's fossilized at, at mm-hmm. mountain elevations, um, the different uh, fossilized creatures in a variety or or similar uh, fossilized creature in a variety of strata that's supposed yes. to represent millions of years, and you go, wait, th- these things don't make sense to me. But if you look at it through the lens of scripture, um, then you can say, okay, wait. There looks like there's some order. There looks like mm-hmm. there's intention, um, and it makes sense scientifically, archaeologically, geologically, biologically. Look, all mm-hmm. these things are starting to line up. Yes, and so when Noah walked off that ark, it didn't. This place did not look like what he left. Sure. And so this was all new to him. Yeah. And and I think that's one reason why. I mean, he was on dry ground for a long time yet. Before 
the um, was it the dove finally didn't come back, and when he right. came back, he brought a, a twig of uh, green yeah. leaves or something, and then he didn't come back, and okay. He found a place to nest. Yeah. So now he knew it was time to go, but it was unfamiliar territory for him. Sure. And um, and I think um, through the lens of a worldview, we, we have to understand this. this. He was, you know, he, this is the first thing. And then what is the first thing he does? which I think is so awesome. Tell us. Sets up the first barbecue. Right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, look, he's been he hasn't been eating meat on that boat here, guys. Yeah. He sets up the world's first. He sets up the altar. He offers up the sweet uh savor unto the Lord. He sacrifices these animals and they eat. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're thanking God that they're alive. Yep. Everything's new to them. It's different. This is this is crazy, and probably you know, yeah. Guy says, "Yeah, I'll put my rainbow in the sky to remind you guys." But I bet you the next time it rained, they're like, "Oh no, where's our boat? Where's our boat? What's what's going on here?" Right. Yeah. Okay, till they realize God was not going to send that the the deluge again. Right. Okay. Because yeah. that builds up confidence. I mean, just think, you know, look what I just been through. Yeah. And now it's starting to rain again, you know, maybe two, three weeks later, you're going, oh, no, what's going on? Because yeah. he never experienced it. And so when he did experience it, it was a, it was a world-changing. Devastation. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, man, he's probably, you just think what's going through their minds. They're going, this is crazy. <laughs> so, so give us a final thought. You know, how does this encourage you? How does it build your faith? What do you take away from this narrative? Well, I think you, you touched on it is there's – Everything has a design. The layers of the earth, the 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 G, the 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 plate tectonics, the plates have a design to them. They all have a purpose. Everything in this world is by design and has a purpose. And you touched on it. So all these um, catastrophic events mm-hmm. is by design. Yeah. Okay. Even though God may not have initially intended for this to happen because mm-hmm. he intended to have fellowship with Adam and Eve and oh no he, they messed up so now he's going to plan B and plan C and plan D and so forth but he's still designing everything he still can see the beginning from the end and he and he's designing everything and there's purpose with God and that's what encourages me because I, I'm thinking man Really? I did not come from no ape. Right. I didn't come from some single, somehow, all this ooze just happened to produce a single cell organism. Yeah. To me, that makes no sense. Okay? And honestly, I, I, I actually believe uh, Dr. Frank Turek when he says <laughs> it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a Christian because to believe all of that stuff, it take, requires more faith than just believing that God is your creator, mm-hmm. your redeemer. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross to take away the, our sins so that we can be saved. He gave us the one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And I see that there's one way from the flood that points everything to God, that he is our designer, he's our creator, he's taking care of the righteous, hmm. and we are his, his, his people, we are the righteousness of Christ. 
So he's going to take care of us no matter what. And that's what encourages me. Yeah. No matter what this world throws at me, no matter what all the nonsense that's going on in this country today, God's still going to take care of me. No matter what that, what I think it should or shouldn't look like, God is going to take care of me. So my hope and my trust is in him. That's what I'm encouraged about as I study the flood and study Noah. Yeah. Well, what a good note to, uh, to end our time this evening and look forward to getting back together with you again. Yes. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Gary. You bet. Right.